from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. Hello and a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music and interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host Sharad and I am Maureen and you are listening to Adventist World Radio, The Voice of Hope. Let's begin our program with a song. Jesus sees 
listening to Adventist World Radio the voice of hope from Pune India and now here's a nature study the praying insect dear friend i'm glad to share a nature study on the praying insect i remember when i was a little girl my uncle who was living with us went out into the field beside our house and found some egg cases he put them on his window he said he didn't know what kind they were but maybe we would soon find out one day he arrived home from his work and entered his room soon he called me i went running to his room and saw little green creatures all over the window screen window desk bed well all over the room hundreds of them what are they i asked he replied these are baby praying mantises what is that i asked the praying mantis is an insect about 4 inches long it has funny tilted legs for walking and two spiny jointed front legs that are used to catch other insects for food they have a triangular shaped head with large eyes he said why are they called praying mantises i asked My uncle told me that these mantids raise from the front feet up in a posture of praying. This mantis will sit up and be quiet for long periods of time. It is not praying but watching for food. Mantises are so still that when an insect passes by, they reach out quickly with their two front legs and capture it, then eat it. Although the praying mantis is an enemy and only fooling the other insects it is friendly to gardeners because it eats many pest insects these insects are caught off guard and lose their lives because they do not recognize the enemy In our spiritual life we have an enemy whose name is Satan as our text for today says we need to be on guard that he will not attack us without our knowing it we need to watch for his false ways he will bring many things into our lives to trick us into his arms of sin we need to stay close to the lord so that we can identify satan when we see him so dear listener ask the lord today as you pray to help you recognize satan and his ways so you will not be caught as his prey god will help you identify if you will only ask him Thank you for the nature study. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. To learn more on nature, keep listening to Adventist World Radio. 
we will be studying different objects of nature because there is a simplicity and purity in these lessons direct from nature that makes them of the highest value the children and youth all classes of students need the lessons to be derived from this source in itself the beauty of nature leads the soul away from sin and worldly attractions and toward purity peace and god dear friend death struggle pain and violence were not part of god's original creation let's discover what was the world like when god created it to know more on god's word you could also write to us here's our mailing address adventist world radio post box number 17 pune 411001 maharashtra india you could also email us on adventist media center at gmail.com you may also follow our programs on our website awr.org/englishprogram before you hear god's word here's another song god sent us the best gift of heaven you know he poured all of heaven in that one gift and that is none other than jesus in the wilderness of temptation and the garden of gethsemane and even while on the cross Our Savior wrestled with the prince of darkness when Jesus hung in agony upon the cross while evil spirits rejoiced and evil men reviled his heel was bruised by satan but that very act was crushing the serpent's head yes our redeemer opened the way so that even the most sinful may find access to the father friends it is because he lives that i can come boldly to the throne of grace my elder brother and my advocate fought the greatest battle and won it i feel so assured in his arms and life is just worth the living just because he lives
Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Today we're going to study how God uh, sent a special vision to Paul that had a man from Macedonia mm-hmm. telling him in that vision, come to Macedonia and, and help, help us. us. Uh, well, you played a very important part in the vision for my life, in my calling. And I don't know if you know that, mm. but, um, you know, I had, uh, it, it's quite a mystery how God guides us in our calling. It's true. Sometimes is through other people's testimony. Sometimes it's through an impression that we get in our hearts. Yeah. Um, all I know is this. That if you want to do God's will, he will reveal it to you. It's mm-hmm. his responsibility to actually guide you towards your calling and, right. and the vision he has for you. That's right. And in, in those mysterious ways, in the last couple of years before I joined Voice of Prophecy, um, had understood from God that he was calling me to a different level of ministry. I was mm-hmm. a senior pastor in a church at that time. And this impression was so strong, and I spent many hours in prayer, and I told the church, I am being called to another ministry, but I don't know what that ministry is. Wow. So at this point, I'm going to um, take a leave from the ministry, and I'm going to concentrate on my PhD, do as much as I can, because I seem to be pushed by God on this right now, that there is another ministry coming that I will have to devote all my time to. Right. And, and I will never forget where I was when I got your phone call. Huh. My husband was having a, um, a medical procedure, and I was waiting for him. And I went to have breakfast to a place nearby, and I heard your message. And um, I knew God had sent you with that phone call because I had been waiting for that phone call for a year and a half without knowing what it was. Hmm. And when you called me and said, um, would you join us in Voice of Prophecy from now on, I said, I can't believe this was it. I knew something was about to happen, but that God used you as a a messenger like that. God does have wondrous ways, mysterious ways of working his his purposes through our lives, and I'm glad that uh, we could be a part of that. But, you know, it became very clear to us, the voice of prophecy, that this was the right move as well. Mm -hmm. And so God had his hand upon all of us. That's that's exciting to know. And and in this case, same thing is happening because Paul wants to preach the gospel throughout the world, exactly like the mission of voice of prophecy. And but. God has not yet revealed to him how large his mission really is. Mm -hmm. And so he has not gone to the rest of Europe, to Macedonia, which is a province in the Roman Empire that would go what it would consider now to be Europe, per se. Mm -hmm. And so he, in chapter 16... Um, is in the other side still. He's in, in Troas. And he will have a vision. Now, don't forget that at that time, God was in many ways supernaturally um, communicating with people. He had done already in Cornelius' case in chapter 10, verse 3, where he sent an angel to Cornelius to call for Peter. In this case, uh, verse 9, a vision appears to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, this is quite a stretch for Paul. Yeah, it is. It is because this is getting him out of his comfort zone. It's taking him away from where he he felt like he was called to minister. And now all of a sudden this ministry is being broadened. And, you know, sometimes we think about a broadened ministry with joy. Well, God is put this on my plate. Sometimes it's very, very frightening because we have to leave that. (laughs) It was for me, that's for sure. We're leaving that which is secure, that which where God seems to be 
already blessing us and, you know, the doors are open. All of a sudden, then he, he says, I want you to do a 180. I want you to turn around. I want you to go over here, change directions. And that's frightening to us because, you know, we kind of like things as they are. Yeah. When but things are working and going to the unknown, I'm sorry, but that's, yeah, that's a leap of faith, isn't yeah, it? That's right. And so here, um, is the moment in the book of Acts where Luke actually joins Paul in the journey. We don't know exactly why this is the moment, mm-hmm. but from here on, you will see us. Yeah. Luke talked about everything as us because now he has joined Paul and he will be part of the story and he will talk in the first person plural. So the first city they go to when they actually pass to Macedonia, because mm-hmm. Paul believes this is from God, is the city of Philippi. And this is where we get the first convert in Europe, and it's a woman. Let's start reading on verse 14. Verse 14 says this, A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord... Come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. See, verse 13 tells you that on the Sabbath day that Paul was there in Philippi, they went to a little river right next to Philippi. And I have had the incredible experience of having been there. And actually, uh, I have been able to preach right by the river where Lydia was baptized. That, that must have been exciting for oh, you. Oh, very, very exciting. Very Spoken exciting. by Scripture and there you stood. Yes, there I stood. And I could imagine Paul, because see, uh, if there was no synagogue, then he would have to look for people that would have gotten gathered somewhere. And uh, this could tell us that there were not 10 married Jews because there was no synagogue. So That's there right. Was still... Wherever there was a city with 10 married Jews, they would they would have a synagogue. Sometimes it would just be in someone's home. Yes. But still, there would be a center of worship where all the Jews would gather. But there were not that many Jews in this city. And yes. so... Yeah. So they would look for a place where they could be gathered. And if you go to the little river, actually, it's a small creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all shaded. And so that would be a great place to just kind of gather. Absolutely. And they have actually done now a place where you can gather right in the very so place. Right. Yes, little and amphitheater um, out there. yes, it's a little amphitheater that they have, and they have actually built uh, more things around it now. And so this is the first convert in in Europe, uh, a woman la- named Lydia. But of course, uh, some things happen in Philippi. Philippi is a beautiful city that you can still visit today, and it must have been quite rich because you can see quite a bit of things in Philippi until today. Eventually, Paul and Silas are imprisoned because um, they um, there's a slave girl that had a spirit and they exercise the spirit. So they're imprisoned and they actually have to go to jail in this story. You know, I think that uh, a lot of people in, in the western part of the world are wondering about this because the truth is that there are very few in these days in the West who would actually go to jail as a result of their faith, although that's not impossible. But there are people all over the world right now listening to this who resonate with this because absolutely. they've been placed in jail. They've been they're living under the threat of death because of their faith. Oh, absolutely. And don't, uh, don't forget that Jesus uh, gave us this great commission. I mean, the last few words of Jesus in, in the Gospel of Matthew mm-hmm. is go and make disciples of all nations, verse 19 of chapter 28 of Matthew, baptizing them. So so this is exactly what Paul was doing. He was going out there and it was the will of God that he evangelized and make disciples of all nations. He has just crossed over to a new part of the world that mm-hmm. they had never been at. And here he finds himself in jail. In jail. 
But it's God's will that he be there. By the way, you, sometimes when God calls you to something and uh, things turn bad, then you think, well, maybe God didn't actually call me. The fact that things turn bad doesn't mean that he didn't call you. He may have called you to suffer for a while. Absolutely. He may have called you to suffer this difficulty because that is going to open up more doors for you later. Mm-hmm. So the fact that things didn't go swimmingly does not mean that, that God, God, is not with God you. had not called Paul. He had called him to do this, and he may be calling you even though things are going wrong for you. Absolutely. And this this is the case for Paul, and they are singing in the middle of all this. In verse 25, they're singing hymns and they're praying because they realize that they're suffering because of the gospel and they take us as a privilege. And a great earthquake comes and uh, all the doors of the jail open. I was able to visit what is believed to have been this jail. jail It's like a little cave, you know, Mm -hmm. and actually... Everything got open, and the jailer wants to kill himself on verse 27 because he thinks all the prisoners have escaped. And by the way, that was the punishment for a jailer who lost his prisoners. It it really made jailers very uh, fastidious about making sure that prisoners were in place because if your prisoners escaped, you died as the jailer. And so when he recognizes this, he says, I'm in trouble. And so he was ready to kill himself. But Paul cried out in verse 28, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So he's heard their witness, their testimony. The fact that they stayed by uh, gives him a new lease on life. And now he says, I want to know about this, this God that you serve, who's made you so different. Isn't incredible the power of testimony? Because all they do is behave appropriately. And he immediately (laughs) asks the question, what must I do to be saved? And if you ever wondered, if you ever had that question in your heart, this is the place where you get one of the most specific and bold answers uh, to that question. What must I do to be saved? And verse 31 says, they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. That's the answer. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It, so, you know, it's, it's far less complicated than what many of us have said and many of us have thought at times. Now, it doesn't mean that that's where God is going to leave you. He's going to continue to help you grow. Absolutely. But the condition for salvation is this. Yes. And and so he immediately is baptized in that very hour of the night mm-hmm. in verse 33, whatever time that was. And immediately, look, this always happens in the book of Acts. After they accept Jesus Christ and they get baptized, they get this incredible joy, verse 33. <laughs> And he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly. I like the word great because it's mega. I always tell people mega joy. In fact, over and over again, we find this when people accept Jesus, when they receive the gospel, the response is joy. It is dancing. It is singing. It is joy. Let's eat. Let's have fun because Christ has accepted us. If you find yourself uh, in a time where you don't know what's the next step mm-hmm. and, and you're waiting for God to lead you, may you be assured that God will find a way to communicate with you. It is his responsibility, and he will give that to you as long as you listen. And when he does give you the next step, it doesn't mean that you're being led from victory to victory. It may be hardship, but it's still his hand in your life. He's still leading you. He's still guiding you. But if you haven't given your life to God yet— this is what we have for you. This is the next step. Mm-hmm. What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101institute.org. That's Jesus101institute.org. Until next time, live free.
With this we have almost come to the end of our program. To learn more on God's word, we would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, Post Box number 17, Pune, 411001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on adventismediacenter@gmail.com. We invite you to follow our programs also on our website. That's awr.org/englishprogram. This is your host Sharad and I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until we meet again via radio, we wish you goodbye and God bless you.